The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. The Employment Law Show. Welcome to it. We figured it is a good time to talk about employment law because that world is busier than ever. What uh, what do we got going on today, pal? I know we're going to talk about uh, your rights during COVID because this is still a very hot topic with the numbers creeping back up. It's still going to be in the four for a while. So we'll get to that and a bunch of emails. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the way to reach out through email. And uh, you can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for lots more information online when we're not here chatting on the on the weekend morning. So what do you got for us? Week that was, pal. Well, Johnny, it's it's great to be here and excited as always to reach a lot of people and inform and educate as usual about employment law. You know, you and I have been doing this show for, for years uh, right here, but this is the first time for us at this lot. So if you've heard, the, if this is the first time you're hearing the show, we're here to educate and inform you about what you need to know about your workplace rights. Workplace rights are always important. They're especially important right now during COVID-19. You may have been put on a layoff or let go or your job is changing or maybe your employer is not even getting back to you. If you want to know what your rights are, what to do, what it means, what the law says for you here, well, give us a call right now. We'll answer those questions. We'll, we'll inform you and give you some uh, ammunition here. Or if you want to talk privately, as John said, plenty of opportunities. You can connect with me off air so we can have that discussion. But always, always like to start off the show with the week there was some situations that came across my desk. First one I'll tell you about is I got a call from a gentleman uh, who recently got news from his employer that at the end of the year, he's not going to be getting a bonus. Now, the reason why he was a bit dismayed is that for the last six years, every year, like clockwork, he always got the bonus. And in fact, it was always right around $15,000, a lot of money. Nice. Uh, so he, he was counting on that as part of his compensation. Now, he's worked through COVID. Uh, and they got that word, bomb this year, because of COVID, because, you know, the business is not doing as well, we're not going to pay you the bonus. So he called me and he had a simple question. Is this right? Well, here's the thing, John. Because he consistently got a bonus, doesn't matter if it was a great year or a bad year, he always got his bonus. It was always right around the same amount. The company now can't decide to simply eliminate it. It was never a situation where, hey, in good year, we, uh, good years are going to give you lots of money. Bad years, we're not going to give you any money. It was always essentially part of his compensation. So the company now can't eliminate that part of his compensation. Even though they're calling it a bonus, it's still part of his compensation. This means then he can treat that, that elimination of the bonus this year as a constructive dismissal. Now, that's true even though there is COVID. That's true even though the company may not be doing as well as it did before COVID. If it's part of his compensation, it's his money. He has a right to it. So I wanted to remind everyone there, and we'll talk about it more later, is if your compensation changes, even if it's because of COVID, even if it's the company not being bad or, or, or acting in bad faith, that's still not something an employer is allowed to do. It's still not something a company can do. So if you have your compensation change reduced, uh, you know, your bonus eliminated, your commission eliminated, what have you, you may be able to treat that as a termination, as a constructive dismissal, get your severance. You do not have to accept that. A lot of people, John, are experiencing this. So hopefully now they know what this all means. By the way, reaching out any time to Lior and a member of the team, one 855 
800-821-5900. That is the number. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You got uh, one more thing to talk about before we move on, pal. What's that? Yeah, absolutely. So this was really is an important one. It's uh, something I've been getting asked uh, about a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the government of Ontario announced some some changes to to, to layoffs, to timelines. I want to kind of clarify what this all means. So what the government has done is essentially said that if you've been put on a layoff, okay, you're not really on a layoff, uh, you're, you're on this uh, uh, deemed disability leave, or, or, or I should say infectious disease leave, until potentially January. And in January, that's when if the employer doesn't bring you back, they can put you on another, uh, on a, uh, another layoff for up to eight months. So that may mean that for some people, many people in fact, they may be uh, put on ice until September of next year, until September 2021. Wow. You may have already been off since March. Potentially, though, you may be off again without any uh, uh, without any word from your employer until September 2021. But that is only if you want to allow that to happen, if you want to wait. The other option that you have is you can treat this whole situation now, today, as a termination of employment and get your severance and move on. You don't have to wait till next year. You don't have to wait till next week. So your options are you wait, and if you are waiting, you may not have any word for another year, a whole year, or you can treat that as a termination. You still have that right. You still have that option. If that's what you want to do, which I think actually makes sense, rather than waiting another year, Give me a call. Let's talk about how much you're owed. Let's talk about your rights and your options. That is something you really, really should consider. Another year without any substantial income? I can't see that happening. I don't know a lot of people that are going to make it through that. I don't I don't see how. And, and it's not just another year. Many people have been already off for months. So when faced with the choice, I'm waiting for another year. And by the way, after a year, it's not like it's guaranteed you'll come back to work. You may be simply terminated in a year. When given that as a choice, the choice of simply saying, I'm going to get severance, I'm going to move on, get, and by the way, severance, we'll talk more later, could be as much as two years pay for people. That may be the better option rather than just waiting and hoping that things will work out. We'll take our first uh, wee break here. We'll continue Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're ready for you to uh, answer your calls. Uh, in between that, we'll talk about your rights during COVID. But as always, like every other show we do, the calls are top priority in that regard. Going to get to uh, to Kristen. Hi, Kristen. What's on your mind? Um, so quick question. So I got laid off as of April. I'm an HR professional, so I was able to negotiate um, a good severance package. My one concern with the severance package that I already signed off um, was that um, every year we're entitled to a bonus. So this is touching ba- um, this is touching back to a little bit of uh, what the lawyer was saying about bonus. So my question is, even though it's not stated in my um, in my severance that I would get the bonus, that would probably come next year. If the company is giving out a bonus next year, would I still be entitled to it? That's a great question, Kristen. And the answer, unfortunately, is no. Uh, the company's only obligation is to pay you what you, you've agreed to in the severance package. Now, you're absolutely right. You should be getting that bonus. That's why you know it should have been part of that severance package. And I but, tried, right? Yeah. 
but but keep in mind, it's a situation that if you try and they say no, at the end of the day, if their legal obligation is to do it, well, then we can make them do it because it's not a it's not a discretionary thing. It's not that they get to decide. So I I wish we would have spoken earlier and I would have helped you get it. But you know, for the sake of our our listeners, uh, Kristen, let, let's get some information so we can kind of do a bit of an assessment of your severance package. Can you tell me how long you've worked for the company? So I've worked for the company for five years. Five years, great. And uh, we know you were in HR. And Kristen, a, a more of a personal question: How old are you? I am forty-eight. Okay, so I would ass- assess you in this situation, especially during COVID, to be owed right around eight months' pay. Uh, what what did you end up negotiating? I got nine months' pay. Okay, wonderful. Then and you, then you actually got, did very well. Yeah. Yeah, and I got um, my I got a couple of allowances, so I got my pension up for a year. Um, I got my entire office, the laptop, screen. Like I got, I did negotiate well, but I think the company was also in a position whereas. You know, it was oil and gas, so right. they knew they weren't doing well. So certain things like a laptop, a printer, they knew that they wouldn't need anyway. Um, so I was able to negotiate a bit more. You know, I got fitness allowance for a year, my benefits for a year. So I really, I, I think I did well considering I've seen other termination sure. packages of executives and things like that. So that gave me a little bit of a one up. When you're an HR professional for years, um, you tend to know, you know, what you can get and what you can't get. Absolutely. Um, and and, so, yeah. and it certainly sounds like you did well. And But, you know, going back to your original question, as I said, at the end of the day, the four corners of the severance agreement is what right. what the company has to do. So uh, in this particular situation, Kristen, no, you would not be getting the bonus, even if others that are still there are getting the bonuses. Right. Okay. And I, I don't know if I can squeeze in another question. Sure. Of course. Possible. Yep. Um, so, I, so there's currently employees there that the company has mandated to work 80% um, of their um, of their, uh, I guess just they get 80% of their salary. So right. they are not able to work on Mondays because the company is doing well. They gave them, I think it was three months notice. So it, it just wasn't, you know, a one month turnaround, but it was three months. I just want to um, ensure that, you know, that is okay during these times and that, you know, I mean, I know during circumstances um, previous to COVID, it could be cause for um, uh, constructive dismissal. But during these times, I guess, is it something that is okay, I guess you can say? That's another great question. And the answer is no, it's still not. Despite COVID, such a change, you know, 20% being a significant, very significant change, in fact, it is still something that an employee can choose to treat as a constructive dismissal. And even with three months notice, unless we're talking about very short service employees, that's just simply not enough notice of, of such a change. So these employees, if they choose could absolutely treat it as a constructive dismissal. Uh, maybe they won't want to. Maybe they won't realize that they can, but they absolutely are able to. Okay. Okay, that's great. I have your information, so I will definitely um, let a couple of them get in contact with you. Terrific. Thank you. 
Okay, thank you. lawyer.ca wonderful website, absolutely free and anonymous, a wealth of information there and included, as you did mention off the top there, calculating some quick severance. You have the severance pay calculator wrapped into that website as well, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. The numbers are ticking up. There is concern. COVID is not going away anytime soon. Your rights during COVID. Uh, let's get to these, pal. First one is you cannot, you cannot be temporarily laid off. And, you know, I, I hope you're you're not, uh, listening to this while driving because because the shock may may cause you to drive unsafe. I hope that's not the case because so many people have been laid off over the past six months because of COVID. We're, we're talking across the country, literally millions of people. And there's this assumption, well, obviously it's COVID. It's been happening across the board. Clearly that is legal. An employer can lay me off temporarily. No, no, no. Despite how prevalent it is, an employer does not have the right to lay you off temporarily. Meaning, now, if they do that, it doesn't mean that there's a way to physically stop them. What that means is that if you have been laid off temporarily, you have two options. You can choose to accept and see what happens, in which case, as I said right at the beginning of the show, you actually may be waiting until September of next year for another year. So that's option number one. Is you or you can treat to uh, you could choose to treat that layoff as a termination of employment. So because an employer does not have a right to lay you off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination and require them to pay you severance. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to follow up uh, incessantly and and see what the company's intentions are. So if you choose to wait, yes, you you wait, or you can treat that as a termination. There is no automatic right to lay you off temporarily. Certainly, we're talking about non-union employees. And if you're in that situation, if you want to get your severance or find out how much you're owed, reach out to me. Let's talk. Let's have that discussion. And by the way, that number again, which I'll give out throughout the show, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's to get a hold of Lior and his team. The one to call in here is different, as you know, but one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Any other time, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we're talking about uh, your rights during COVID, which we will get to more of those very shortly. Want to move to uh, to Rick though? Rick, thanks for standing by for a moment. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? Welcome. Uh, yeah, I. I was uh, temporarily laid off uh, the third week of March. They had a um, uh, layoff of quite a few people. <laughs> and uh, I've been following up, and I, I asked if I could co- come back or what the situation is. They don't have a timeline. They're being very careful. <laughs> I've looked into it because I, I mentioned about the in- – I, I believe it's the COVID infection disease. And they say, well, that doesn't apply to you. And then I, I did talk to somebody in legal and they referred to, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I think there is a bill 189 and it, it expires uh, September 4th and they have to give you a timeline or give you severance. Is that correct? So no, there's a lot of things there, unfortunately, that are not actually correct. Number one is that bill has been extended till January. But as I was saying at the beginning of the show, that only is relevant if you choose to wait. If you choose to wait, you may be waiting to January and then another potentially eight months after that. So you've been put on a layoff for a number of months now. Your options are this. There's only two options and there's not a third. First option is you wait, in which case you may be waiting for the company to make a final decision about you until September of 2021. So that's option number one. Option number two, 
is you can treat that now if you want as a termination of employment and require the company to pay you severance. So that is an option that you have right now. Now, Rick, how long have you been with this employer? I haven't been uh, there that long since uh, October of 2019. So call it a year. So in your situation, depending on your specific job and, and age and position, uh, you may be owed as much as three to four months of pay. So that's what severance would look like for you. So you can choose to pull the trigger on that whenever you're ready or you can wait. And like I said, unfortunately, Rick, the waiting here means potentially another year. I don't know that that makes a lot of sense to wait another year. If you want to get your severance, you have that right, you know, three to four months potentially. Give me a call. Let's talk off air and let's make that happen. Okay. So one last question. When you say severance, so do I imply to the employer, I'd like them to terminate me? No, you don't need to do that. I'm still on the payroll because I'm collecting benefits. Right. No, you, you, it's not, you don't have to imply simply by virtue of them putting you on a layoff. The law considers that to be a termination if you want it to be. So you can take the position that by doing this, you've effectively terminated my employment. And because you've terminated my employment, you have to pay severance. But the reality, Rick, is if you write them an email or or call them and say that, they're not going to do anything. We would need to get involved on your behalf. The good news is it's not difficult. So if you want us to get you your severance, not a problem. Call and, and we'll make it happen. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time and that phone number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Going to move on to uh, to Michael. Hi, Michael. Thanks for thanks for standing by, gentlemen. How are you today? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, just a quick question. So, I work for a company that requires us as a part of our employment to be on call um, for several weekends throughout the year. Um, now, the benefit of that on call is we have uh, we get paid double time for that. Now, that's been going on for forever with this company. Now, during COVID, our company was acquired by a, a new company, and all of our employees have stayed. Um, some are laid off throughout, but most are back now. My question to you is, the new company has now said that we are no longer going to honor the 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 double time on uh, your on call weekends, which is in some cases it's substantial um, due to the industry that we're in, and and it's it's you could you know potentially be losing out quite a bit of money because of that. I'm just wondering if the new company is allowed to do something like that. Michael, give me a bit of a, a ballpark. Approximately, if this were to happen, how much money could you stand to lose potentially? Well, it depends on the hourly rate of the of each employee. So you could vary from five thousand to ten thousand a year. So because it's a significant change, it's a, it it will be the same as if they told you we're take we're giving you a ten uh, ten thousand dollar pay cut. It's literally that's the same. It doesn't matter if they couch it in terms of uh, it's the on call pay or salary. What they're doing is they're giving a pay cut. And an employer does not have a right to make significant changes to the terms of employment. So depending on how big a pay cut that is, so let's, I'm using an example. If you're making $200,000 a year and you're taking a $5,000 pay cut, unfortunately, that may not be enough to give you rights. But if you're making $50,000 a year and it's a $5,000 pay cut, then absolutely, that's a huge change. So what your options may be is if the company goes ahead and, and doesn't uh, pay properly, you can treat that as a constructive dismissal and get severance. 
So those are the hmm. options here. It's either you, okay, you say, well, I'll accept this, I'll continue working, in which case those are right. now become the terms of employment, or you can treat that as a termination. It's a constructive dismissal because, Michael, they don't have a right to do that. <clears throat> okay, that's that's good to know. So um, now, unfortunately, all of the employees have now signed with the new company as this is a part of our employment. Um, and I don't, I, I'm going to have to look back, but I don't re- recall if we've actually signed saying that we're not getting that, but we've signed our new contracts of employment with the company. So hypothetically then, if we haven't signed that document saying that you're not getting this, but it was just a verbal thing saying, okay, guys, you're not getting this from here on in, we do have something that we can do about that then? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Now, if you did sign a document saying you agree to accept job with this buyer and not get paid the uh, the on-call hours, then unfortunately, we're kind of stuck. But if you did not sign something like that right. specific, you're, you're completely correct, Michael. You have recourse and you should reach out or have your colleagues reach out to me so we can talk about how to deal with it. I appreciate your time and your input. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Likewise, appreciate your time as well. We're going to take a short break. Lastly, don't go anywhere. Your call is coming up next. Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Leslie, thank you for standing by. How are you this morning? I'm good, thank you. Beautiful. Go ahead. Um, well, my question is not really, uh, two, well, two things. It's not really about uh, financial remuneration at all. It's more about, like, mental health and well-being. Sure. Um, um, and I'm a retired teacher, so I'm really calling on behalf of my colleagues. Um, so the situation with the uh, um, teaching, uh, especially specifically in the TDSB, is that uh, the daily numbers of children that are attending school um, are changing rapidly. And teach, so school is supposed to start on Tuesday, and there are teachers who still do not know where they will be teaching, what grade they will be teaching, whether they're going to be teaching online, whether they're going to be teaching at a school. So their whole um, ability to be able to, to do anything with preparation or anything like that has just been put on hold. I don't know if that's something that, um, that, that an employer can do just to keep their employees hanging as to what they're, allowed to, what they're going to be doing. Yeah, don't get me wrong, they're still getting a paycheck. So that's that's still, um, Bill, let's put that right out there. But um, they are, their mental health and well-being, they're just um, mm-hmm. devastated because they have no idea what they're doing right up until the last minute. They still don't know where they're going to be, what they're going to be doing. And not only that, but they can be put anywhere that in the city that could be, um, like, for instance, I live in Ajax. I could be told that I'm teaching in the West End, um, you know, a two-hour drive or something like that. So I just don't know whether or not that's 
Kosher. So, so Leslie, obviously this has been a, a big issue and, you know, it's been all over the news and, and uh, you know, very unique situation and set of circumstances right now with COVID. And, and here's the reality. The reality is that, yes, what you've described may well be inappropriate and may well be something an employer should not do. But in this particular case with, with public school teachers, the only one that can enforce rights, uh, the only one that can stand up for the teachers is the union. So that's why it, it's important to understand that when you're a unionized employee, like a teacher, like many other professions, your union is, is your first, really, your only uh, lifeline to enforcing your rights. Uh, so all I can say is for the teachers, if you do think there's entitlements or, or things that are happening that shouldn't be happening, the only one that can that can help you uh, stand up for you, do something about it potentially, is the union. So that that's the recourse there. Appreciate your uh, your time, Leslie. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And you want to reach out afterwards, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address and one 821 5900 Moving on to, uh, to Mary. Hi, Mary. Thanks for standing by. Hello. Hi, thank you. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that um, I was put on a performance review, uh, put on a plan, uh, because I had asked for extra help and uh, there was really no other reason why. Um uh, so, uh, but a year later, it hadn't been wrapped up. Uh, I had to call the manager and say, you know, I'd like to get this wrapped up and, you know, where do we go from here? And, you know, and it's sort of still hanging, it's sort of still hanging, um, a year later. Uh, most recently now, um, I've been given, uh, maybe a two week notice that my hours will be cut back. It's going to be like, I'm part-time, permanent part-time. Uh, but my hours will be cut back to about 30 hours a month. And also my start and finishing times are, are like constantly changing, like with a, like a, like a day's notice, two days notice. So, Mary, the, the, the performance uh, plan that you were put on, not really something that, that we can do uh, about right now, but the big issue, the real issue that we need to deal with is the, the, the reduction in your hours and, and those changes that you've talked about because of the fact that your employer does not have a right to do that. They don't have a right to reduce you in such a significant way. So you have really, as I was saying to an earlier caller, two options. The first option is you do what your employer wants you and you take the reduction. And if you do, if they reduce you to 30 hours and you accept that, that becomes your new terms of employment. That means forever, if they want to keep you in that situation, there's nothing you can do about it if you choose to accept that. So that's option number one. Option number two is you're absolutely, Mary, able to treat this change as a constructive dismissal and get your severance. Now, Mary, how long have you been there for? Uh, Four years. So you could be looking potentially as much as six months pay is what severance for you would look like based on what you're earning now. So that is important to remember. Your options is you say, no, I'm not accepting this. If you're doing it anyway, that's a constructive dismissal. I'm owed my severance. Or you accept this and, and hope that things work out. I'm not a big fan of that that wait-and-see approach because you could be giving up on your rights. But if you want to get your severance, Mary, reach out to me and let me help you do that. And how long do I have, like, how long do I have to uh, to act on this? Once they've made the change and you, you continue working within a couple of weeks of that happening, you're kind of stuck. Once you've worked in that new role for more than two weeks or so, you're considered to have accepted it, and then you can't go back on it. So you have a very short timeline to make that decision. Once you go beyond those two weeks, that's it. You're stuck in that role, and if you realize later on, I should have done something about it, you won't be able to. 
but that would mean terminate, terminating my employment with this employer. Exactly. But frankly, if you're going to be reduced to 30 hours a month, keep in mind, if they reduce you to 30 hours a month and a, and a few weeks later they let you go, they're still going to have to pay you severance, but it's going to be calculated mm-hmm. on the 30 hours a month. So not only do, would you lose your job, but you would lose out on severance. May as well get the amount of severance that you should be getting. Uh, so if that's what you want to do, happy to talk to you, uh, happy to help you uh, do that. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate uh, your call reaching out. Again, I keep giving it out, and I will continue to do so. It's one eight five five eight. Two one fifty nine hundred. That is the way to get a hold of one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, Kelly, hang on for a second. I just I want to give you enough time to get your call in, and we got a break here in thirty seconds, so we'll go just a few seconds early. Come back and take your call, Kelly. So hang on. Employment Law Show right here on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Here and now for the remainder of this, the Employment Law Show. Kelly, thanks for standing by. Hi there. Hi, go ahead. So my question is, um, since COVID, I've been working from home, so I have an office job, and I had a significant surgery in February, so my doctor said I need to be working from home. And if my employer is now trying to force me back to work against my doctor's wishes, do I have any say in that or how, how does that work? Kelly, that's such an important question. So I'm really glad that, that you called with it. Your doctor, what your doctor says is really the only thing that matters. Your employer cannot force you to do anything against your doctor's uh, advice, cannot challenge that doctor's advice, cannot ignore it. So if your doctor says uh, you cannot go back to the office or you cannot work at all at this point, that's it, full stop. They can't do anything. You can be off either uh, on modified duties or off completely as long as the doctor says, whether it's a week, a month, a year, etc., so if your employer does anything to you or tries to do anything to to ignore or to to go against what your doctor says, uh, that could potentially result in a wrongful dismissal. It could be a human rights violation. It's illegal. Now, if you see that your employer still pushes back on this and, and, and makes your life difficult, let me know. Oftentimes, a short letter or even an email from me to uh, remind them of their obligations may just resolve the issue. But Kelly, what your doctor says, really, it's all that matters. So he, they basically wrote a letter to me saying like, and a, a pretty forceful letter saying that they're going to get me back and this is what they're going to do. And they, they're trying to create a scenario where they're saying it's not working, working from home, even though it's working perfectly. So I sent a letter back saying, you know, I feel like this is, this is my rights and there's nothing I can do. I had the surgery before COVID and now my immune system shot. Um, this feels like a harassment letter. So their reply was, well, we don't want anyone working for us that thinks that we're harassing them. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, but you're going to wait to hear from me. And I've been like waiting for almost a month now. Wow. Okay. So it's even worse than what I, I, and I'm still I thought. Getting paid. I, oh, so you're still Sorry. working. You are still working? Yes. Yeah, so, I'm still working from home. I'm still getting paid, but it's it's this, 
you know, you feel like you're kind of caught in the loop because you're sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for something because they're saying, well, we don't want anyone working for us that's going to say they don't like the way we talk to them. Here's what I would do, Kelly. If you haven't provided them a doctor's note recently, give them a doctor's note. It doesn't have to talk about what the medical condition is and immunocompromised. Honestly, that doesn't really matter. What really matters is whether you can go back to work in the office or not. And if the doctor says, uh, Kelly cannot go back at this point, Give, give, give them a doctor's note again. Even though you may have done it, give it to them. So that, that way it's not you saying that you can't do it. It's your doctor saying. When, in the meantime, if they do anything to you, they let you go, they stop paying you, whatever it is, you call me. Assuming you continue working, when you're able to go back, when your doctor clears you to return back to work, give them a doctor's note at that point from your doctor saying, Kelly's cleared to go back. If they don't let you go back, if they ignore you, if they reduce your pay, if they treat you badly, if they do anything to you other than to let you come back to work, call me as well and let me deal with it. That's what I would do right now. The doctor's note now, the second doctor's note when you're ready to come back to work, and and that's it. You are protected. The law will protect you quite well here, so I I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Okay. And Thanks, thank- Kelly. Uh, appreciate that, sir. We gotta gotta let you go and move on here. I'm gonna give you the number to reach on and uh, and move on with that one. Here's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Kelly one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Don't rest on it. Make that phone call. Uh, Mark, you're up next. Thanks for hanging on. Hello. I'll be brief. Um, I'm a business owner. Uh, business has been going for thirty years. As part of my succession planning. We have an offer from a company to buy the shares of the holding company that runs us. So we are not selling the business. The shares are being taken over by somebody else. Our arrangement is to hopefully make it seamless for all of our employees. My question is, um, for my own protection, we are looking for all of the employees. There's about 30 of them, long-term, many of them. Um, are going to stay on, and it should be seamless for them. And we've decided that if anybody is fired or let go, severances will be paid 50-50 by us and the new folks within a time frame. But my whole question is, I understand that these people are still gainfully employed, and it's a continuous employment, so they're not losing any of their severance or benefit um, entitlements. Is that correct? Because I want to take care of these people, and I don't want to get myself screwed, quite frankly. Right. No, I, I get it. So here's how it works. With a share sale, the share purchase, employment is not considered terminated. So as opposed to with a, a with an asset purchase where absolutely employment could be considered terminated, with a share purchase, it's not. So essentially the ownership of the company changes, but really the, 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 the employment is not affected. So you're right. These people are not being terminated by virtue of you selling the shares of the company. Now, uh, so, so you don't have to worry for, about severance in that respect. 
Now, if there are people that as a result of this, uh, the company lets go, then those people have to get paid severance, of course, and you, you should have a written agreement with the buyers to who pays and how much uh, people get paid. But that's only in situations where you choose to terminate employment. Uh, but the, the sale itself, the sale itself does not uh, terminate their employment, does not trigger severance obligations. So in that respect, you're fine. Now, the other thing to, to be mindful of is, is a, if as a result of the sale, some people's terms of employment are going to change. Maybe some people's shifts are going to change or compensation is going to change. Those individuals may be able to treat the change as a constructive dismissal, but the sale itself, the sale itself is not a termination of employment. Understood. Great advice. Thank you. Appreciate that, Mark. Thank you. If you want to, uh, pardon me, carry on and have a further conversation with Lior, you can do that. one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But we still got some time right here. Alan, you are up next. Thanks for standing by. I have a question. Um, it uh, has to do with severance. Um, of course, I was laid off in the early days when COVID hit. And... Um, I'm just wondering, like, uh, what kind of severance, like, I haven't received my severance yet, of course, and what kind of severance would I be entitled to? So, Alan, is the company looking at this as a temporary layoff, or are they have they said that from their perspective you're not coming back to work anymore? Um, I don't think I'm coming back any from, from this anymore. Uh, there's been a few called back. And I think they're full up now, so I think I'm the the odd man out. Okay, got it. So, Alan, how long have you been with this employer? Um, close to three years now. Okay, and what kind of a job, Alan? And how old are you? I'm sixty-two. Um, it was it's an insurance company. Uh, does that, it's a, like a mitigation uh, service. Okay, and, and what did you do there? Uh well, if uh, you know some house had a flood or a fire, we would restore it. Okay. So someone in your situation could get up to six months of pay. That's what severance for you would be. Now, you do not have to wait and see what they will do. In fact, that's owed to you already. So right up to six months of pay. Uh, so what I would want you to do, I mean, is to reach out to me. Let me help you get that severance. Often a letter from me is all that would be required to make that happen. But certainly, even after three years, you, and, and it's important for everyone to understand, even if you're not a long-service employee like Alan, you still can have significant severance entitlements. And Alan, for you, it's right around six months pay. Um, okay, so what would be my, my next step? So next step, uh, I want you to connect with me off air. Uh, John here is going to give you my contact information. Let's have a chat and let me help you get that severance. Unfortunately, if you simply decide to wait, you could be waiting for another year. So I wouldn't do that. I don't see any reason why you or anyone would do that. So uh, let's give you that information and let's connect off air. Sounds good. Thanks. Appreciate the uh, the call, Alan. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and morning. Appreciate your time. We're going to uh, get maybe a couple more points in here before we wrap for the uh, the morning, Leor. We're talking about uh, COVID nineteen and your rights during COVID. Um, you know, a lot of people. Again, we've gone through this a few times, and some people have called and talked about this. Your employer cannot cannot reduce your pay or change other terms of your employment. 
Right. And we touch on this a number of times, but it's important to reemphasize that during COVID. Maybe you're being called back to work. The fact that the company says, uh, well, it's COVID, so we're going to give you less money, less pay, does not mean that that's legal. In fact, it's not. Whether it's COVID-related or not, your employer cannot make changes to terms of employment. They cannot reduce your pay, change your hours, relocate you, make you part-time, take away your commissions, etc. If they do that, you can say no perfectly legally. But if they do that anyway, that is a constructive dismissal, or at least it gives you the right to treat it as a constructive dismissal and get your severance. So do that. You have that right. They can't reduce your pay. Many people are experiencing that right now. So you have a choice. You accept the change or you treat that as a termination and get your full severance. If that's what you want to do, reach out to me. We are going to continue this on our next show. So much to discuss. Want to appreciate everybody calling through. And now you want to reach out here. It's a simple way to do it. If you don't know this already from our shows for the past eight years, I'm going to give it to you again. one 821 5900 That's the number to call the Ornish crew. one 855 821-5900, the email address we use, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And always, always, always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.